You are listening to the QSR Web Podcast. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to our little weekly podcast here on QSR Web. And delighted to have you. I'm QSR Web and Pizza Marketplace Editor Shelley Whitehead. And in a few minutes, Cool Greens Vice President of Operations Todd Madeliner stops by for the latest on that super green brand. But first, Fast Casual Editor Shara Kanzler is in the house to give us the lowdown on a great event, the upcoming Restaurant Franchising and Innovation Summit. That's in just a few seconds, so hang on. It's coming up right after this brief message. At the Restaurant Franchising and Innovation Summit, executives from leading brands will share their success stories of the numerous ways they have innovated to grow their franchises. Attendees will gain insight and inspiration to help them be more progressive in every facet of their businesses. Register today at FranchisingInnovation.com. Okay, and we're back and here with Shara Kanzler. And this year, again, Shara, the big meeting of the Restaurant Minds is in our parent company, NetWorld Media Group's home base of Louisville, Kentucky, right? Hi, Shelly. Yeah, we're excited to be back in Louisville for the Restaurant Franchising and Innovation Summit. Louisville is always a fun time um, with the bourbon tours and all the fun things we have planned. But it's not just about fun, of course. We have lots of educational sessions that we're excited about. A lot of CEOs and CMOs and all the C-level guys on tap to give advice and talk about a variety of different um, topics. Yeah, this event is always filled with news from the session panelists and keynote address right down to the dinners and networking. So what is new this year? Well, we have a lot of variety of great speakers. One of the panels that I'm really excited about is called the Franchising Think Tank Session, and it is going to feature four CEOs or presidents of brands. So we have the uh, president of Schlotsky's and the president of Auntie Anne's and president and CEO of Crystal and of Huey Magoo's. So that's always a really fun session where the attendees get to ask them questions and they talk about a range of issues facing the industry and kind of how to, how to tackle those, you know, everything from labor issues to food costs to, you know, hiring and training, any, anything and everything. Everything's open for grabs. What a great assortment of brands, too. I mean, they come from kind of different corners of the industry, so it'll be interesting to hear what they have to say. Can you tell me what kinds of executives are coming into the Derby City and what kinds of session topics? We have a lot to choose from this year. Um, we have an, a How to Please the We Want It Now crowd, which is going to take a look on how to, you know how to get customers their food as fast as possible um, the whole on-demand culture that we have now is can be can be a challenge to restaurant operators so we have uh, you know some executives from the salad works and from the pie hole to talk about that we of course have sessions on marketing and social media with a variety of executives from all you know areas and segments of the industry from fast casual to qsr to casual dining um, so we just have a lot of great sessions where people are going to get to learn a lot. Uh, another one I'm excited about is remodeling done right. We're talking about how to you know, create a new look with staying power. And so we have a lot of just executives who are in the trenches. That's one thing that I think sets this 
event apart from all the other events out there when people come they're going to hear from you know the president of rave restaurant group or the vice president of construction from captain d's for example um you know scott davis the president and cco of core life eatery who helped really develop panera bread will be there on one of the panels about next generation technologies so there's just a ton of good information coming from actual people who are doing this every day yeah, and, and there is a sense of intimacy about this event between the executives and the audience, isn't there, as opposed to the larger, sprawling conference type events. Yeah, we call ourselves a summit instead of kind of the anti-trade show. There, You know, we'll have 250 to 300 people um, max, and there's lots of you know, there's lots of opportunities for dining together and having drinks together. And, you know, we'll be at the Derby Museum together. So we have a lot of built in networking time. Ooh, educational about the Derby, too. <laughs> <laughs> what about the playtime? Since, since you brushed up against that, what about the playtime that makes this event so much fun? Where's the big mid-summit event this year and what's the venue itself like so the venue in itself is in the omni hotel which was the, the only about a year old we had our event here last year we were one of the very first events to be at the omni it's beautiful and there's lots of you know fun bars and there's a speakeasy inside so there's lots of entertainment and then we are having an off-site dinner at the at the derby museum so people will get a chance to tour that and still have cocktails and a great dinner um, so there's just a lot of time built in for fun yet education of course oh, the, the aura of horse racing with, with surround and lots of bourbon too yes of course <laughs> Can people still make reservations? And if so, how? And more importantly, why would you say? Yeah, of course they can. They can just go to franchisinginnovation.com and they can sign up and register right there. Um, it's just a really great event to help you learn from the pros on how to grow your business. So it's an event that you wouldn't want to miss. Um, you know, you have one-on-one -on -one access to these people who are really succeeding in the industry and they're so wonderful to share their advice with all of us yeah there really is a sense of camaraderie that kind of fills the event so um fun thanks so much shara for the lowdown on this much loved very well attended event i'm sure it will be another stellar meeting this year where lots of memories and connections are made so thank you thank you and to all you listening, hold tight for a brief message because we'll be right back with Cool Green's Todd Madliner. Many of the fastest growing and most successful chains in the restaurant industry are embracing innovation throughout their operations. These forward-thinking brands are constantly looking for the next innovation. New technologies, new menu items, new marketing tactics, new training programs, etc., that will propel them to even greater heights. Come and learn these innovations at the Restaurant Franchising and Innovation Summit. Register today at FranchisingInnovation.com. Welcome back, everybody. And please also welcome Cool Greens Vice President of Operations, Todd Madliner. And what a great brand this is. Who'd have thunk it? A grains-focused concept right out in the middle of cow country. Cool Greens has really sprung out of the Oklahoma City area, but my understanding is that 2019, 
will be the year the brand literally grows out of its home garden. Can you tell us about that, Todd? Sure, Shelley. Thanks for uh, thanks for having us today. Cool Greens, we're very proud of the franchise groups that have joined the team so far. We'll be opening in Tulsa, Oklahoma in early February, followed closely by Southlake, Texas, which is a suburb of Dallas, Richardson, Texas, another suburb, and we're close to finalizing a partnership with a great group out of Boston, and they're looking to bring Cool Greens to the Boston, Massachusetts area, as well as the Miami, Florida market uh, to see uh, how the brand does down there. Awesome. Um, it's good to hear you going toward the East Coast, too, as being a person who's closer to the East Coast. Uh, I look forward to that. And and this brand has been pretty successful also at attracting a dinner crowd. And that's kind of a tough task for a salad QSR sometimes. How, how are you making that happen? What type of menu, what types of things are you doing to bring in those evening customers? Yeah, and what we found is our guest base, when, when they think dinner, they're thinking a little heartier. And they, they want more, if you will, than just the that signature salad that we offer. And with our menu, offering quinoa bowls, uh, our hot sandwiches, and then our flatbreads, we're able to, to provide, a again, that healthier, heartier option uh, to guests as they come in. Plus, we're... We're finding that when when couples or groups of individuals want to dine, a lot of times in the evening they want a more relaxed setting, but they also want to cater to everybody in the group. And with those quinoa bowls, flatbreads, and hot sandwiches, we find that we don't lose the veto boat where one individual in the group is uh, is maybe not feeling a salad or or feeling something healthy, and they can come in and throw all the toppings they want on a, on a flatbread, and we can satisfy that. Uh, that craving. And the, the quinoa bowls, they've got kind of a, a nutty flavor. Tell me how that appeals to people and who it appeals to. We're finding we just introduced it and we'll talk about it probably a little later. We've introduced a, a white quinoa or organic white quinoa and we also have a, a red quinoa and rice blend. And really all that's doing is adding, uh, it's a little heavier than uh, than say your salad mix, but we incorporate a lot of the same salad toppings, but it's it's typically served warm or hot, unless a guest asks for it cold. So it gives us that ability to provide a a more of a to your point a nuttier, uh, but also heartier, uh, way to get your fresh cut toppings and your fresh cut uh, uh, vegetables instead of uh, having them mixed with salad. And the stuff's really good for you too, isn't it? It is. <laughs> Great source of protein. Awesome. I love it. I absolutely love it. So I'm going to become the quinoa spokeswoman. Who is your typical customer, by the way, if there is such a thing? I don't know if you can really hone that down, but how do you appeal to that particular individual that you're targeting and who are they? You know, we spent a lot of time over 2017 and, and a lot of 18 really trying to uh, fine tune or we felt we needed to get into that, you know, very specific, who is our guest, who is our demographic. And what we found is we really appeal to all spectrums of, of the population. Um, we're very successful with college students, um, with, with el- older couples, if you will. And there really isn't a specific demographic that we're, we're focusing the menu on. 
we're, we're trying to appeal to that entire spectrum so that we're not just locked into uh, saying, hey, we're the, you hear that typical, we're the 25 to 45 housewife, or we're the, we're the 25 to 35 businessman that so many uh, restaurants try to appeal to. And we've, we've left it much more open and are trying to listen to guests of all ages and see if we can incorporate a healthy, fresh dining experience uh, for everyone. That's refreshing to hear something other than we are laser focused on millennials, you know, or Gen Z, or um, it's it's a kind of interesting take that you want to spread it out a little bit. Um, I'm seeing a lot about your franchising growth. How do you pick a good area for a Cool Greens franchise at Boston, for instance? How did that come up on the charts? And then how do you evaluate its success in that first year? Sure. And, and it really starts with finding the great partner. Um, I think, as in anything that in business, if you can find a great partner, um, location is still everything. But if, again, the great partner, that's where it starts. Somebody that truly believes in the brand and is, is truly committed to providing an excellent service environment in a clean, fresh, bright restaurant, um, it starts there. In terms of how do we help those franchisees pick a location, we've partnered with a, a company called Buxton, and they've done analytics looking at a lot of our credit card data. And really what they're looking at is, is what are those clients that have been coming into our restaurants in Oklahoma City, what are they doing and where do they end up and what's what's it the traffic patterns look like for them um, and I, I can't I'm not the expert in terms of of how they break all that down what it really found or what we really found was we're looking at the, the population density of an area does it have a good balance of business and the business uh, uh, individual through lunches and catering events and do we have that opportunity but the area also has to have a nice residential piece near the store. And it, if we can find that great balance, then that's really the sweet spot because now we can cater to the business uh, clientele. They want to pop out. They only have 20 or 30 minutes. They can come in get a fresh meal uh, that's healthy and, and good for them. And the same thing in the afternoon or the evening, we now are close enough to those residential areas uh, to cater to those folks as well who may not want to use a third-party delivery service um, or go to a full-service uh, sit-down restaurant in their uh, local strip mall. You know, you mentioned catering. How big a portion of the business is that for you all? Catering right now is running about 10%, but it's becoming a much bigger piece. In 2018, we introduced a new catering platform, moving away from what so many concepts have done with the big plastic trays uh, with the lids that don't fit. And we've actually moved to a new recyclable catering box uh, that holds all of the items within that container. You open the box, it pops up and makes a, a nice billboard or backdrop as you set it on your table. When the catering event is done and everyone is finished, you literally just close the box and you throw it in the recycling bin and, and it's over. Oh, administrative so assistance everywhere are thanking you for that. <laughs> you know. Yeah, we're really excited about it. I'd like to see 
um, hopefully you can send me a picture of, of some of those boxes if you have them. Um, I also wanted to return to the idea of how do you evaluate success in that first, you know, after one year, how are you checking back in on a particular franchise location to determine whether it's working or not, or whether it's going to work? Sure. And success really will be determined by how well that location executes. You know, how well are they doing with the material and the the operational standards that we've provided? We will be in each location in that first year and onward um, at least once each quarter. And it won't be the sometimes what we would call the typical uh, audit where there's somebody coming in with a clipboard and simply taking a pulse over a few hours of how the the business is doing. Our visits will be a full two days immersing ourselves into the the restaurant with the franchisee side by side and really working through all areas of operations. But most importantly, I think, after all of your ensuring safety and they're serving great food and and all of that, is really the culture and, and what we call the hospitality hug. Are we treating those guests and uh, our team members uh, as the important individuals that they truly are? And as long as that's taking place, and again, you're serving great quality food, we believe we'll be successful in any market. Uh, however, at the end of the day, it will come down to the partnerships that Cool Greens makes, ensuring that we have surrounded ourselves with partners that share our values and can truly execute and deliver on our brand. Well said. Um, Any big menu initiatives in the year ahead that you can share with us? (laughs) Sure. And the good news is we just rolled our first big menu initiative on January 4th of this year of 2019. It was the first uh, what we would call major menu innovation Uh, in about two years. And we focused on speed, efficiency, and being able to provide um, really the the best of the best in our fresh ingredients. We in the past have been offering 50 to 60 different toppings, and we were finding that the line became a little cluttered. As well, (laughs) guests were being confused. And when someone was creating their own salad, At times, they would mix different flavor profiles because their choices were so vast. So we dropped the offerings. As I said, from 50 to 60, we came down to about 35 of of the toppings that we're most proud of. And then we really worked on the quinoa bowls that we discussed earlier. We uh, invigorated the flatbread uh, section of the menu to uh, get a little more on trend. We lost some of our what I would call saucier items that were maybe a little heavy. And we uh, replaced those with very fresh, bright um, colors. Our our most popular one so far has been what we call the GOAT Bowl. Now that's an uh, an acronym for greatest of all time. (laughs) But that bowl is, is very fresh and bright. It uses that white organic quinoa. It has fresh Granny Smith apples, fresh arugula, uh, fresh diced onions, um, along with chicken as the protein, along with that white quinoa. It's just fantastic, and it, it mixes with a nice Dijon vinaigrette, and it just creates a bright, fresh item versus something that was heated up and very, uh, again, a little saucier 
and a, and a little thick, and it uh, it just didn't resonate. Yeah, that's uh, the description of the dish just seems right on trend with what the mindset is of of everybody, at least in the U.S. right now. From sure. the data I'm looking at. Um, the the vegetable and salad based limited service market is in fact going great guns because of those trends. Um, so how does Cool Greens distinguish itself going forward when there will be more and more competitors in the sure, green space concept? You bet. And we're I guess first and foremost, we are so I guess, proud and honored to be even in the segment with some of these brands. There are some fantastic uh, companies out there that are doing just wonderful, wonderful things. We personally feel, as we've discussed many times today, that it's our, it's our broader menu appeal that we haven't, we haven't just focused on one category. We're not just salads. We're not just bowls. Uh, you know, we're we're trying to reach that broader spectrum because we do believe that at times when you're so laser laser focused on one uh, menu category that you do lose the veto vote. And and when groups of individuals are in their office trying to decide where to go, if there's one individual that says, you know, I just don't feel like a salad today, you know, we may lose that guest and we're working very hard to have a menu and a building that and that lends itself uh, to a little bit of everything for everyone. The other thing that we're very proud of is the teams and the culture that we're creating uh, within the stores, the types of celebrations and events that we do with our team members, our reach into the community. Um, it's not uncommon in Oklahoma City uh, to find a yoga instructor coming to us and asking, can I use your space in the morning before you're open uh, to teach a yoga class? And we'll open up the doors and move the tables and we'll let that individual come in and uh, teach a yoga class. We're not going to charge them for that. Um, it's just us being good stewards of our community. Vital, vital to do that and, and a great way to do it, particularly with something like yoga. Thank you so much, Todd. Um, it's it's going to be fun to watch where this brand grows and goes as well and uh, as it spreads across the states. I hope you will keep us up to date. I will. We're very excited. Thank you for your time. Thank you. To our audience, we also offer our sincere thanks and the hope that you enjoyed today's podcast and also that you'll spread the word about it and bring a few pals along next week. For that edition, when we'll be right back here with two more innovators in and around the limited service world, where something new and amazing is always happening. Until then, I wish you great business. Mm -hmm.